everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast with your hosts, April and Mike. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Joe Gallenberger, who is a clinical psychologist with 30 years experience as a therapist. In 1992, he began to investigate psychokinesis, which is the ability to influence matter, to do things such as bend metal and grow seeds in your hand in minutes, just by using the power of your own energy. After achieving powerful, scientifically confirmed psychokinesis results at the university laboratory, Dr. Gallenberger began to teach psychokinesis to groups. He has hosted 70 Inner Vegas Adventure workshops where his students achieve dramatic healing, strong influence over dice and slot machines, and many marvelous manifestations in their lives at home. Joe is a senior trainer at the Monroe Institute and created its popular MC Squared program, which teaches psychokinesis, energy healing, and manifestation. He developed Sync Creation, a home study course in manifestation. His book, Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health, is a wild ride into the world of psychokinesis where mind energized by the heart influences matter. His binaural beat meditation exercises available on CD and his downloads include Liquid Luck, Abundance Waterfall, Partners Meditation, and Manifesting with Hemisync. Gallenberger distilled his decades of wisdom about creating your dreams into a quick and effective meditation exercise called Liquid Luck for immediate results. With its release on CD, tales flooded in describing instant success. People reported receiving money from unexpected sources, winning lotto and raffle tickets, selling houses in an hour, having businesses take off, solving intractable problems, receiving brilliant ideas for inventions, and many more wonderful stories of manifestation. His newest book, Liquid Luck, The Good Fortune Handbook, shares these extraordinary stories from ordinary people. Plus, he covers how happiness, gratitude, compassion, praise, love, and feeling abundant are essential to powerful abundance creation. He reveals how to enhance these qualities and transcend the limiting beliefs and emotions that usually keep us confined to old fear-based patterns. His knowledge and inspiring stories show us that we can indeed be miracle workers in our own lives. A dynamic, heart-driven speaker, Gallenberger is in demand internationally as a workshop presenter. He has been a guest on more than 50 radio shows, including three appearances on Coast to Coast, and now he is a guest here on the Path 11 podcast. You have a wealth of knowledge on so many areas that we're really excited to talk about with the psychokinesis and manifestation and Um, We're just really excited to share the information that you have to give to our viewers. So we usually like to start off most of our interviews just finding about more about you. Um, I'm excited to know that you are a clinical psychologist because that's the field in which I work in as well. Um, I do mental health counseling, so I always love it when we have somebody on that I can kind of talk to about uh, that subject. So I'm really curious to know, how did you go from the world of clinical psychology and then coming into this whole other realm of manifestation and then developing some of the projects that you developed at the Monroe Institute? So if you want to just take us from the beginning, that would be great. Okay, sure, April. Um, back, I think I got my degree in clinical psych in 1979, so this is going back a ways. But um, within that, I started a psychology practice and was psych service director at a mental health center. Um, Pretty quickly uh, in my professional life, I began to uh, weave in uh, a technology called Hemisync, 
which people listen to on headphones, because hemisync is non-denominational, non-dogmatic, you don't have to have any particular religious belief for it to be effective, and uh, just slapping on some headphones and listening for 10-15 minutes, people are able to relax really, really well. Uh, that's very helpful in clinical psychology practice uh, in general uh, for everyone, but also specific to anxiety states. At that point, there was uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from Vietnam, kinds of treatment going on, numbers of things where I found this more effective than hypnosis, easier to apply. They could take it home with them for practice. Uh, so. Um, that began to kind of interweave with my clinical practice. Uh, meanwhile, I'd read Bob's second book, and I had done out-of-body work as a child uh, myself, so I was very interested in his out-of-body experiences. Found out about the Institute and went up there to begin to take their meditation programs, starting with Gateway. Uh, loved it. It was one of the most profound weeks of my life. Uh, so pretty quickly began to take some of their graduate programs and wondered how it would be, um, when, how, how one could become a trainer up there. So as I uh, gave my information to the Institute, they decided they would like me as a trainer. So probably 23 or more years ago now, began to train their programs and start to split my time where I would go up there 10 weeks a year and do my clinical psych practice in my town in North Carolina um, the rest of the time. And that went on for quite a few years. Uh, within that, working with Bob Monroe, I began to help them develop several different kinds of programs. And within there, which we'll probably take a break before talking about, discovered the psychokinesis work and then began to um, develop that. And where I am now, I guess for the last seven years, I've been doing meditation work only of my own and Monroe, and I've faded out of the clinical practice that I had after about 30 years of seeing patients. Great. And can you define what psychokinesis is? Maybe we can go into this subject area first. Sure. Uh, psychokinesis and telekinesis are the same thing. People use both words for it. And it's uh, to affect uh, physical matter reality with, uh, some people say, with your mind. I think um, it's a little inaccurate. The mind sets the intent, but I think it's um, you're affecting physical matter with your energy. Particularly, I've found that the energy of deepest love, heart energy, is the most powerful energy we can use. So when we talk about psychokinesis, um, there is um, micro-PK, if you will, working to affect things like random number generators, atomic uncertainty. Uh, they study that a lot in the labs at universities. And then you move into what we call macro or big PK, which would be bending metal or plastic with your mind, growing seeds in your hand in a few minutes, uh, rolling dice in patterns, um, those kinds of things. And so my interest has been in both. Uh, the micro-PK type of things in scientific labs, but working with uh, Monroe Institute and my programs uh, that I do on my own, uh, we do some of the macro-PK, particularly in casinos. And do you want to give uh, a little more description on what the MC Squared program is over at the Monroe Institute? 
Sure. I'm going to put that in context a little bit for you, if it's okay. Uh, I began at Monroe to see that people seem to have the energy, being able to send this energy that I would call PK energy, was the same as is often used in energy healing. So people could have the intention to help someone else uh, take away their headache, send energy through their hand to the person's head, and then the headache would go away. That interested me a lot, but as a scientist, it's very um, mushy. You don't know if they did it, you did it, it was going to go away anyway. Uh, what the first exciting link was for me is when we went into psychokinesis states to affect DICE at Monroe Institute, uh, it seemed to be that same energy as energy healing, but the um, study ability of the dice and things is much greater. We know statistically exactly what should happen by chance. So that started there and then we went. I went to a university labs to do further psychokinesis studies then out to Las Vegas personally to kind of get a black belt in PK if you will to really learn how to do this regularly consistently powerfully and after a few years began to teach people in inner Vegas adventure workshops. We've done uh, over 75 of those now, how to do this themselves. Pretty quickly, within a year of finding that worked really well, uh, I wanted to expand this to the other types of PK and bring in the healing even more. So I approached Monroe Institute to do a program based on the kinds of things we we're seeing in Vegas. And we call that MC squared for manifestation and creation squared. So I worked with uh, Lori Monroe at that time, uh, was director of Monroe Institute, uh, myself, Monroe Products, to develop hemisync exercises for deep meditation that would be conducive for this, set this up in a six-day program where we have um, healing circles where everybody gets a chance to be in the middle, then a circle for our friends and loved ones, uh, another healing circle for the earth. We've had uh, tremendous reports of healing within that. We also brought in the rolling dice and patterns. We've had results there at MC Squared at, I think, 30,000 to one by chance uh, for that task. We've uh, gotten to a place where almost everybody in the workshop, I'm going to be doing another one next week, ends up finding that they are able to bend metal with their mind with a little physical assistance. Um, grow seeds in their hand, light light bulbs, uh, and it's been interesting in the last few years, another university has began to study what we do at MC Squared and appear to be able to measure some kind of new energy that is being transferred during the psychokinesis tasks. So the uh, data on that is in pilot, but it looks like we're, I think, at about um, four in 1,000 by chance as this, this kind of jumps would happen on the machines. Uh, so it's quite a significant result because one in 20 is enough to get a drug approved that, or one in 100, that kind of uh, level of uh, doing things better than chance. So MC becomes a um, real delightful program. We have a maximum usually about 24 participants. It happens in Virginia at the University, at uh, Monroe Institute campus. Uh, Patty Ray Avalon has been my co-trainer for at least 10 years within it. She uh, worked as a Brennan Healing School faculty teacher. Um, so she and I together 
put on quite a show in terms of all this um, manifestation work and healing work. And people really expand their belief systems about what we can do as humans, uh, what the nature of reality is, how much we can affect our physical matter reality, and how we can manifest in our lives. And so people come in thinking maybe it's about spoon bending and end up finding out it's very transformational in terms of their own consciousness, their feeling of power, their effectiveness. Uh, and just to complete the uh, cycle, after we did MC Squared for many years, we decided also to put it out as a home study version we call SYNC, S-Y-N-C, creation, the word creation. Uh, so people, if they uh, can't get up to the institute, they can do this at home. And that's been very well received as well. Can you talk about the process that goes into doing a like a telekinesis uh, session? Sure. The psychokinesis can happen spontaneously. We have things we call beginner's luck, say in casinos where you see some real dramatic things that are unlikely. Um, it can happen spontaneously um, when there's a critical need for healing or even if you think of the woman lifting a car off of her child that might be pinned underneath it that may have some psychokinesis parts to it. But when we do it in a planful way in workshops, uh, we usually spend a few days uh, raising energy and preparing. Uh, we raise energy first by relaxing, uh, then beginning to offload any distractions of you know what's going on in the debates in Congress or whatever, uh, daily life kinds of stresses. Uh, so we're clearing our energy. Then through the meditation systems, usually using the hemisync from Monroe, also using heart music, uh, things that would be raising loving feelings, we are raising a very high, clear, clean energy, perhaps higher than people have ever experienced before. Once that's in place, then we begin to set our intention. Um, and intention, Michael's kind of a an interesting dance between very strong desire and clarity about what you're wanting to accomplish and then letting go uh, and allowing um, the energy to flow the best way uh, through your own higher self, your own unconscious, because the ego is never going to figure out how to get dice to roll in a pattern or how to get metal to bend or how to accomplish the healing. So, but we do use the, you know, clear intention, then letting go of that. Uh, at MC Squared and in the Vegas Adventure Workshops, usually we're doing this in a setting with a group. So the group kind of uh, supports each other, inspires each other. Uh, the trainers at MC Squared, myself and Patty, we never do ask the group to do anything we wouldn't do ourselves. So we usually demonstrate first. And uh, that begins a shift, you know, where the person has bought their own metal, they know it's not sleight of hand, uh, they're holding it in their hand, they can feel a change. Uh, usually people express it getting a little more oily, a little more warm, uh, and then they feel it go kind of limper, like a noodle, even though it's been a very strong uh, stainless steel fork or spoon. And once you've had that in your hand and you did it yourself, um, your beliefs change. But it's interesting, Michael and April both, uh, 
when we go into doing these programs, we do interviews with everybody individually the first day. Often people say, gee, I'm afraid I'm going to be the only one not able to do this. And as we go deeper, most people are afraid they will be able to do this. Because to do this really changes how you look at the nature of reality. And uh, anytime we introduce change into a belief system, it introduces unknowns. And as humans, we naturally fear the unknown a little bit. We're a little leery what that's going to make and in, in do in our lives. So one of the keys to doing the psychokinesis is reducing fear. Uh, and we do that through meditation and uh, pep talks and other kinds of things, showing what's possible. Um, and then we get going that way. Well, and I think it's great that you guys are taking the time to research and study some of this, because I, I would assume that there would probably be some skeptics out there would say that would say, well, how do we know that the metal that they're using at the Monroe Institute isn't something, you know, a different type of metal that if you heat it up in a hand that it will bend or, um, you know, do they have certain light bulbs that are tricky and, you know, I'm sure there's sure. always going to be people out there. So how do you, how do you, um, well, of course, know, you know, the first thing is to be as open as possible and say to everybody, you can bring your own metal, you can bring your own light bulbs, bring your own seeds, you know, that type of thing. Uh, the folks are, of course, allowed to very carefully inspect the metal ahead of time and try to see if they could move it by force. And the uh, heavier stuff we use, even, you know, strong muscle man can't get it to budge. Um, so we answer that way. There is um, an interesting book by Chris Carter called Science and Psychic Phenomena, Fall of the House of Skeptics. Uh, and he goes through the literature for PK for remote viewing for many different psychic things that have now been, I think, well proven beyond uh, the shadow of scientific doubt. And uh, when we look at the main bunch of skeptics, they're really not skeptics, they're, which means you have an open mind, prove it to me, but rather they're debunkers. Um, their main organization, for example, their charter prohibits them from doing any of their own experiments and prohibits them from looking at the data of anybody else's experiments and yet they keep proclaiming this is all bunk. And they do have the ear of uh, politics and uh, media so you still hear that out there but they've done some studies where they ask scientists uh, how many of you believe that uh, PK may be possible? And we get 90%, 7% of scientists saying this might be possible, particularly under the new quantum physics models of reality. So I don't worry too much about the skeptics you'll never convince. But for people coming to MC Squared or to the Inner Vegas Adventure, taking Sync Creation, it's totally fine to come with a good dose of, uh, you got, I got to see this. You know, I'm going to have an open mind enough to believe it may be possible, but I want to control for cheating, I want to control for fraud, I want to control for uh, other things and make sure that this is real. And we, we um, embrace that because uh, we like people to be discerning. We're not trying to bamboozle anybody. So can you also tie into some of the things that you're describing remind me a little bit of some of the things that I've read in Law of Attraction about kind of, you know, having that intention, putting it out there, and then letting it go, not being too attached to it. And how do you tie in kind of your theories of manifestation with the psychokinesis and all of this energy? 
Okay, well, again, I feel that this psychokinesis energy and uh, energy for energy healing and the energy for manifesting is the same um, family, if you will. So the processes are very similar. Um, each thing you approach, you might approach a little differently. For example, if uh, I was healing a favorite pet, I'm going to have a lot of love feelings flowing there uh, that I might not have toward a fork, you know, if I'm bending metal. But basically, same kind of energies are flowing. How they fit with Law of Attraction and the movie The Secret, I think, yes, visualizing is very powerful. Uh, like attract like, the Law of Attraction is 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 true. Uh, where they tend to fall off, in my opinion, would be that for most people, um, there is a backlog of shadow issues, we could call them fears, limiting beliefs, that will prevent a lot of the manifestation that they would like to happen from coming true, particularly if the manifestation is highly important, such as curing a health problem that could uh, take the person out or is causing lots of pain. Or another one might be... Um, going into uh, a much higher uh, level of living, which would make your tribe a little anxious. What are you doing changing on us? Um, a much different career. Those kind of things. At that point, where MC squared, I think, gets to be elegant in the home study as well, is we use the deep meditation states to actively address fear, feelings of lack, feelings of guilt, limiting beliefs, things that would be in the way of manifesting that when you try to apply the law of attraction would be there unconsciously, sabotaging, if you will. Um, and this can be important. I can give you a little example. Um, a fellow I know working at the Institute wanted a different job uh, in addition to what he was doing as a trainer. And he wasn't having much luck getting a new job, and we just said to him, well, what would you really like? And he said, well, gee, I'd like a job about two months a year in beautiful weather surrounded by pretty women. <laughs> you know. And so he said, okay, put that out in this manifest manifestation state type of energy. And he got a call from somebody in high school that he used to know, took him out to lunch twice, paid for lunch, and sold him his business, which was an advertising boat on the north shore of the United States. And a pretty girl in a bikini drives the boat. Uh, one side of the boat would have an ad for, say, Coca-Cola or something like that. The other side of the boat, a local restaurant. By the end of the year, he had three boats and a Lexus. And the season is about two months a year. But for most people, as soon as you say two months a year, that doesn't equal job. And, and, and that they would be limited by not being able to expand their concepts enough you know, the way I was trained, hard, unpleasant work equaled money. You know, as a kid, I pulled crabgrass for 25 cents an hour initially on my job. And so the even to be able to expand your beliefs enough to hold what your heart would really, really like and to feel deserving of it, those kind of things are necessary before you apply the law of attraction. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you're saying that the desire really needs to be 
strong within the person. Because like when I hear these stories, I find it so fascinating. How does this happen so quickly for some? And then you have other people that are studying this and they're really putting the intention out there and they're working hard. And maybe it takes them six months to a year or for, maybe for some people more years or it never happens. So Yes. So there can be a lot operating behind the scenes. It could be in another life they were burned at the stake for being a witch or they lit the match. So they're suspicious of power. It could be in this life they were pretty psychic when they were little kids and their family uh, was very anxious about that and shut them down. Or when they reached teenage years, uh, they didn't want to be different from their friends. The Chinese uh, recruit kids and they find that kids from rural areas are more psychic than from cities and that for many people it shuts down around early adolescence. Uh, so you have all that going as well as Say somebody's read The Secret, now they want a new job, and they're saying, okay, I want a new job, and they're focusing maybe on more money. But in the background is all their feeling of, I really don't want to work in the first place. I hate taking orders from people. Uh, when, when you think of more successful jobs, it often involves more hours, more responsibility. All that is putting a drag on their visualization, if you will. They may not even be aware of some of that. So again, uh, and you get some people, um, there was a woman who's won, I think, every contest she ever uh, uh, j joined into. And she's got some YouTube videos. And you can see she's just a naturally grateful, ebullient, positive person. And some of us are fortunate to be born that way. Other folks who are trying to do this work uh, have depression, have uh, uh, a feeling in their life. You know, one of the things I say to people is, uh, how many of you are seekers? And many people's hands go up. I say, wouldn't you rather be a finder? It's a different mm -hmm. energy. So when you talk about people who might have spent two or three years or a decade doing this, it may be that they're holding on to the seeker energy too high, uh, tightly, and they, they haven't been able to move to, I'm a finder. Um, so there's many things that could go on. That's why we use personal coaching in the home study course. That's why we use a lot of group discussion in MC Squared, because people usually do find it can be a little tough to do this on your own. That's where the meditation exercises come in to really take you deep. That's where the group activities and coaching come in, uh, because uh, I think it's important for our world for us to be able to manifest more easily now. And uh, I got a new uh, grandchild, my first granddaughter. I'd like her world to be a beautiful one. Uh, so um, I try to do everything I can to help people now move from all these high ideals of, you know, we know we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, the high ideal and the secret or the law, law of attraction, and saying, okay, let's be able to put these ideals into reality. And there are ways. Um, it's not that difficult, but you got to have the right tools. It's, uh, you know, April, if I tried to jump over a door, I could try 20 years and never get over the door. If somebody had the kindness to show me how to use a pole vault, then I might get over the door in a week as I learned mm -hmm. to use this tool. It's very similar here. Um, people try real hard, but they're not approaching it quite as elegantly as they could in terms of the tools available nowadays.
Yeah, I just, I love how you, I'm, just that one sentence, you know, how many of you are seekers and then wouldn't you rather be a finder? That's, I mean, just in that sentence alone, you can picture and imagine that, the shift in energy of what that means. So yes. that was great. And so I want to tell a little funny story. And sure. this this will kind of tie into some of um, the work that you're doing with the Inner Vegas. Um, I had a chance to listen to your Liquid Luck this morning before uh, we did the interview. And I have to say, I loved it. I found myself smiling through the whole thing. The imagery that you gave was just so much fun. I was having so much fun doing it. And, you know, some of it is about, you know, manifesting that abundance and, and that luck. And so I drank my potion and then I said, I'm going to go out and buy some scratch off lottery tickets. (laughs) I'm going to go get some coffee and then I'm going to go get some scratch off lottery tickets and let me see if this works. So I went this morning and maybe I was being more of a seeker than a finder and I uh, had to get some gas in my car. So I'm pumping the gas and I'm like, all right, well, I probably have to follow my heart. So what do I remember seeing in the meditation? And my, my liquid was this beautiful pink and had like golden sparkles in it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pick a lottery ticket that has some pink and some yellow and gold. And so I did, and I scratched them off and I didn't win anything. Uh (laughs) And, you know, some of the, the stuff, you know, with what's written on, you know, your website and stuff says that it can happen so quickly. So I was like really excited. And I'm, I had this belief and I was like, it has to work. Why, why wouldn't it work? I was so happy doing the meditation. This felt so great. I mean, my energy was really high after I listened to it. And then I was a little bummed that it didn't work. Sure. So, you know, what happens in, in that regard? And I also have to say too, before I went in to buy the lottery ticket, and this might have negated it. I was kind of like, well, what if it does just the opposite? What if now I have really bad luck today? <laughs> wow. Interesting <laughs> and, thought that you had there. Right. And so, you know, I go into the line to get my coffee and it's a long line. And then I go to use my Dunkin' Donut app and the app is canceled and I had to use cash. And then I said, well, maybe this is a good thing because now I have cash to buy the lottery tickets. So I was like, okay, you know, don't, don't think bad. So I have a feeling I kind of know my answer and played into some of the fear that you were talking about, but I'm just curious to know how you would kind of pick apart my process and why maybe it didn't work that immediate. Sure. Well, April, first, uh, you know, just to help the interview, uh, the audience know, uh, after many years of doing these things that I've mentioned, actually decades, I wanted to give people a chance to get a taste of this in about 30 minutes. So I developed this uh, CD called Liquid Luck, where, as you mentioned, uh, go into meditation using the binaural beat technology. Imagine creating a vial of liquid that you can drink anytime you want uh, and have a wonderful day. And uh, when I did that, within hours of making the exercise up, even in print, I began to get reports of people winning jackpots at casinos, getting those scratch-off tickets. And within months, I had so many stories that I wrote a book called Liquid Luck, the Good Fortune Handbook, with all these stories. For some people, yeah, they had had a house on the market for six months, no luck, and they listened to Liquid Luck and sold it the next hour, that kind of thing. In your story, um, what is standing out for me is, yep, mood is good, it all feels possible, and I think maybe something kicked in of, you know about power and what if it makes it all bad what if it you know this that or the other um i would uh, urge you just keep rolling 
Uh, we've had people listen to it every day for a month or every day for a week, and then things kick in. Uh, some people just listen to it once in a while, but it kicks in the next time when they're not quite as uh, alert. Uh, to uh, We mentioned intention, let go. Um, you know, when we bend the metal or whatever, we uh, set up this strong intention, and then we usually distract people with a funny story or something. Uh, because uh, if they're focused too strongly on it, it might not happen. Um, I would also wonder if you seem to logically decide to go for a ticket that had the same colors as in the vial uh, liquid. Uh, if you had had any intuition when you went in that, say, that one was number 14 on the list and next to it was a different ticket that looked different, but you had a little intuitive pull to that, it sounds like your selection ended up a little logical. Mm. And um, versus, you know, scanning your hand over which one might have had the energy even with your eyes closed, something like that. But who knows? I just hope you try it again. It works a lot better, and I'm glad you really enjoyed the meditation. Oh, uh, I will. Yeah, I mean, I have a trip down to Atlantic City. I can't wait to um, finish yeah. reading your book um, next week to go see a Maroon 5 concert. So, you know, I'm That's kind cool. of excited to play with this a little bit. But Mike has a really great story of just the opposite in a casino. Mike, do you want to share that? Sure. Yeah, this was, uh, was 2003. It's about a year before my daughter was born. And uh, I was at a job, an advertising job. And we kind of had like this employee appreciation day and they took us to a casino. They put all the employees one day on a bus and we went to a casino that was about two hours away and we kind of knew this was happening. And, uh, so like the night before I was thinking, it's like, Oh, you know, that, that'd be great if I could just go into the casino, play a couple slots and, you know, win like four or $500 to get my daughter's crib. Uh -huh. And because uh, we're putting together her nursery and everything. And that was like the one big thing that we needed. And, you know, I think money was probably tight at the time. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. Just an extra $400 and we can do it. And uh, so we go to the casino and uh, I, I think I dropped in like 200 bucks because um, I, you know, I filed, you know, the casino plan where you start winning immediately and then you start losing everything. <laughs> and, uh, I think I got down to like my last 20 bucks. I'm like, well, that's all I'm going to do. And, uh, so I, I think I, yeah, it was, I don't remember exactly, exactly how low I went in that 20 bucks, but it got pretty low. And then I just started winning everything back. It's, uh, mm -hmm. and I walked out of the casino that day, uh, with, uh, between four and $500. Just enough to get the crib that <laughs> we needed. And at the time, I was thinking, because I only played the nickel slots, which mm -hmm. don't have huge payouts, yes. uh, and they're not huge risks. But uh, I don't know exactly what happened. At the time, I was very analytical about it, and I thought it was the process that I was doing. Because um, I, I had this idea where if I put in, you know, you know, so many cents, like maybe 50 cents worth of bets that, and I lost the next time I go in, I put in 75 cents and then I would win, you know, each time. But that I don't, I'm not a huge gambler, so I don't know if that was yeah. stupid or what, but, um, uh, later on, 
when I started watching The Secret and uh, learning about Law of Attraction, I think it was more the momentum and the pre-thought of going in there with this idea of getting, you know, a certain amount. And I've, I had probably about a 10-hour buildup going into that day of yeah, thinking... Would, if, if I can interrupt you, I would say it was almost ideal. It's about something for your new daughter, which generates lots of love and excitement. It would be really nice, which is PK's results-driven, but not desperate. You know, so if it didn't happen, you're still okay and, you know, all of that. Uh, but it was one of those juicy prizes that were just in that sweet spot that they're really good at activating the heart. You can see it as possible rather than five million, you know. Right. Um, and uh, so that ahead of time, uh, clarity of desire and thinking, I think, came with you into the casino and actually overrode some of the things as a more experienced gambler might say were kind of poor choices to do, uh, like the 50 cents and then 75 at all. Uh, but uh, And it overrode your belief systems about casinos, you know, win at the beginning and give it all back, whatever else you've mentioned. But the uh, initial visualization was so clear and it was heart-based that uh, it came in almost precisely the four or five hundred just like you wanted. And that's that points to that you don't have to be perfect in this. What we find in MC Squared and Vegas, uh, home study as well, is say if somebody is in 80% fear and 20% desire, it's usually going to be they get what they don't want. So that would be, you know, I've been out of work 10 months and I'm uh, going to a job interview. I hope I don't get rejected because then I'm going to lose my house. You know, that's a tough thing to manifest over. Once you get to about 60% desire and 40% fear, things will begin to come in, but they come in slowly and with glitches. Okay, when you get to 20% uh, fear and 80% desire, that's when things begin to happen in ways that you even can't anticipate how great they are where not only do you get what you wanted, but maybe you make a new friend along the way. Things go very rapidly with lots of synchronicity. So as you approach near, you know, 90% desire, 10% fear, that's when the fun begins to really happen. You had a mix there, but you had enough clarity of desire that I think it carried you through really well. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah it does. And it was also a good thing, too, where... Like, I'm always thinking about, oh, I got to be working, you know. This was, you know, it, they kind of gave us a day off. We didn't have to yeah. do any work that day. So, it was, I think it was a Friday. So, you know, it was almost like a three-day weekend. And, you know, it was just that not having that fear of not working. And yes. not, you know, it also played into it. And it was kind of a step out of, I guess, a normal reality day. Um, probably helped so, a little bit too. So most most of this stuff, going back to law of attraction, people will talk about your thoughts. You know, what think about what you want, uh, visualize it, etc. I think that's maybe twenty percent of the thing. Eighty percent of it is the energy. Are you really feeling good? Is your heart open? Um, are you really clear and clean about this particular thing? 
Um, and it's almost like the intention, what you want is the steering wheel in the car. It'll point you in the direction you want to go. But the energy is the gas. And I have found over the years, working with the uh, uh, deepest energies of love in the heart is the most positive spiritually and psychologically. You can use anger energy for psychokinesis. Um, at times people get so angry they could break, break glass and then their, their windshield shatters. But we want it to be positive and we want it to be consistent and that's why we use the, the kinds of imagery you mentioned, April, that you heard in Liquid Luck of uh, happiness and praise and abundance and good fortune, compassion, um, those kind of very positive energies. Um, because we find that that really works. And, and then if you have the clear intention, boy, things can come very fast. So uh, I just, you know, invite people that are listeners to uh, experiment with this. If you can uh, afford to take the time and money to come up to Monroe Institute for MC Square type of thing, Monroe Institute's an absolutely wonderful setting. You'll have one of the best weeks of your life up there. Um, if you got to go a little on the other end of things and say, you know, I can go 20 bucks to taste this, then look at getting a CD like Liquid Luck or a book. Uh, but to somehow engage this, because they don't teach it in high school or college, and I think it's a really great life skill to be able to, you know, move along. I'll give you an example. I, um, I tend to live in this high energy because I, I think it's a really nice yoga to do that. Uh, so I had a thought, gee, I'd like to go to Paris and take my uh, wife. She's never seen the city, and I love the city. And by the end of the day, I had an email saying, would you like to train in Paris, a workshop? So I said, yeah, and I think I'd like to go first class round trip for free. By the end of the day, I had free round trip tickets. My, my image on this is this or something better and for the good of all. So we went. We had a wonderful time. We took a couple weeks after to tour the countryside, after we had adjusted to the language and the time change. Uh, and it resulted in about another uh, more than a dozen workshops in Europe, including one in Germany where we had this big healing about people's feelings about the Holocaust. And then another workshop in Cyprus where there were people that were critical in the negotiations between Greek and Turkish Cyprus to try to heal the uh, um, conflicts over there. So you begin with the thought, gee, I'd like to go to Paris. If your energy is high, the universe will take you on this whole journey uh, where you'll get what you wanted or something better and it will be good for you and all those around you. Uh, that's the, the way I think we can live from now. Uh, things happen still, you know, negative things, you know, your cat might die or whatever it would be, but you handle them very differently. Um, and almost everything gets to be a, uh, an opportunity for in greater love, greater connection with other people, uh, greater healing psychologically and physically, and greater abundance financially and in other ways such as friendships. So it's a great way to live and, and that's what I just like to let people know. It's about more than bending a spoon, <laughs> if you will. But that can be great confirmation, it can be a great feedback device that you're not just making it all up and that this is real. And I, I kind of wanted to, you, you, you kind of started talking about it, uh, everyday 
life living like this, knowing, you know, this potential. How do you go about every day with this knowledge? Well, it again, it makes things, uh, you pay attention, you know, you, you uh, probably pay less attention to um, broadcast media and all the, you know, uh, fear-mongering that goes on and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. You, you pay less attention to the people in your circle that tend to be negative uh, and restricted, and you begin to fill your life with more people who are empowering um, and learn how to handle those who aren't um, by reducing your time with them or speaking your truth or whatever you need to do. Then within that, I really access a lot of my support is from the beauty of nature. Uh, I'm fortunate to live in the North Carolina mountains that are gorgeous. Uh, but wherever you are, you know, get some beauty going through music, dance, uh, nature. Um, within that, then, you know, things happen like the Liquid Luck. I'll mention that. Uh, gee, it was the first uh, CD exercise I did on my own. I had worked with Monroe Products and some other ones before that. And so I, I thought, gee, I'd like to do this. And within first thought that popped into my head was to call a guitar store in town. Didn't make much sense, but I called them and, yep, they knew a guy who had a great sound lab where I could voice the thing. I went there, he said, oh, I know the greatest person to make the CD, this production company. And basically, in a day, this whole thing was done. Uh, the voicing took one take with one word changed. Um, everything went smoothly, sweetly. And that's how it tends to be most of the time, that... that the things in life that might usually be kind of an effort or a struggle get to be smoother and smoother with more grace, more blessing, more synchronicity happening. And then again, when when things that are we might consider negative come along, they're handled differently. I, my brother uh, John died of an ALS, the Lou Gehrig's type of disease, uh, not this March, but March before. And his wife and I and my wife held him and it could have been a rough death because you lose the ability to breathe, you know, so it's like drowning. Instead, he joked with us a little at noon. He was dead by supper, and as we held him, he was very peaceful. And we felt this incredible bond, the three of us, plus could uh, feel his spirit leave. And we were filled with lovingness. Um, there wasn't the usual tearing apart of your heart that happens with grief. So things positive and negative, as we usually define them, continue to happen. But your attitude and what you do with them is radically changed when you live from this kind of energy. That was beautifully said, too. And, you know, like you're talking about, Joe, it's, it's more than winning slots and, you know, bending metal and really trying to take this into your day-to-day -day work, day-to-day -day life, and the way that you're connecting and communicating with people. So I think that was beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah, when people come out of MC Squared, for example, at Monroe, you know, what they're celebrating is being with like-minded people, celebrating a feeling of renewal, uh, an increase of faith in humankind, an increase of faith in themselves, um, a, a much improvement in energy, uh, you know, real uplifting. Um, and they'll then they'll wag that spoon right in front of you and say, look at this. <laughs> and they're really excited to go home and show family, at least the ones that might be receptive and not think it's of the devil.
Right. <laughs> now, I want to tease you a little bit about your sure. Inner Vegas book and yeah. how, are, how are like casinos not coming after you to say, stop teaching this. <laughs> We're going to lose money here. Um, well, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting thing. We are, we're very positive in our energy so that the casino staff welcomes us. Uh, I feel anytime I meet as a group with people who are privileged to do that, other people around the world who don't have that privilege should benefit tangibly. So we started a blessing bucket in the first uh, InterVegas adventure, and we've raised over 100000 for charity. Uh, some of that, for example, there was a woman who was a dealer in, in Vegas whose daughter was hurt in a car accident real badly. One leg severed, the other crushed. Some friends had died. We raised, I think it was 3200 in an hour of money to give to her, which allowed her to stay home with her daughter during recovery. And we sent energy, and the daughter adjusted really well, ended up on uh, Oprah, I think it was, talking about teenage driving. Um, things like that. So we have a reputation for bringing a candle into the darkness, if you will, and lighting it. Uh, so the crews love us. The management, we two casinos we've went, gone to before did ask us to leave eventually. The current <laughs> one has been with us a good while. A good, man, a good casino house likes winners. They might even film us and say, well, gee, uh, after you leave, a whole bunch of people jump on the table. And while you're there, that part of the casino gets more crowded. Uh, so, you know, we're not worried about what you do because we uh, we bet very small amounts of money there. We're not out to kill them. Uh, you know, so we're making $5, $10 bets for people. Uh, and the money scale out there is very different. You know, they may have $2.6 billion in the vault under the MGM properties on a given weekend. And so... They say, Joe, if your group takes us for ten thousand, we're fine. You know, and can that. you, yeah, can you describe like what, what kind of group do you bring in? I mean, what exactly are you guys doing? Are you playing more with the dice, or are you um, manipulating the slot machines? Can you describe yeah. Yeah, what in, that's in, like? In, in a Vegas adventure, we send a preparation manual with some energy exercises, as well as talking about the game a little bit of dice. Uh, we limit it to a maximum of 16, plus my wife and I, she's been out 50 times with me, or trainers, because we get tables on dice just reserved just for ourselves, and the maximum you can fit around there is the 18. So it's a small group. We get out there and we spend the first day talking about psychokinesis, meditating, getting to know each other, then talking about the game. Again, maybe 20% on the rules, but 80% on how, how we create this amazing energy. Um, when we go to the tables, basically, if you're connected to the earth, one with spirit, one with everything, feeling grateful, abundant, you tend to get rewarded with money within seconds. If you go into greed, fear, and ego, you tend to get punished by withdrawal of money. So it's a very quick feedback in how to live in a more enlightened way. Meanwhile, as the energies are high, we get spontaneous healings. We've had people wake up the second day of the workshop pain-free from post-polio syndrome for the first time in 20 years, um, different things like that. So people are celebrating better feelings in body, mind, and spirit, and, and uh, we never know. I just came back from a group where over the course of the workshop, by the end, everybody had won. The workshop before that, everybody, I think, won every session. The workshop before that, everybody won. Um, sometimes it doesn't go that way. 
but we usually have an experience that's very positive. Um, and over the three days, people learn a lot, and they've gone home with this feedback training, and they get home and they see things different in their life at home, maybe with jobs or soulmates or health. Uh, so it's a, a rock and roll adventure, uh, takes a little courage, uh, but we create a very loving space within the casino environment. And, and they, they do watch us. Um, one thing Vegas does is record things mostly by the person's name and their face. And pretty much I bring people from all around the world and each time the group is different. So it's not getting tracked all to one person. Um, and that, I think, helps us continue to play. But we never know when we might be invited to do otherwise. <laughs> but uh, so far, so good. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and we do. I did want to mention the word focused on dice. Then people do the slots. And um, they're very amenable to PK. Um, I'll ask for, say, I'm going to manifest a royal flush in hearts, which is 160,000 to one by chance, and get it in the second or third pull. We have people, as the energy gets get high in the workshop, also hitting the slots, hitting jackpots like royal flushes and four aces and things at a greater rate than chance. And they have some fun with that. And is that happening on the slot machines that are computer-generated or the older ones where it's more of a machine-operated? I think they all are computer now out there. Um, they use a random number generator, and we know... Um, Random number generators are affectable by consciousness. There's something called the Global Consciousness Project, where generators around the world jumped during Obama's acceptance speech, during 9-11, during times when a billion people focus in one direction. The, the slots use a uh, what's called a pseudo-random number generator. It's using a mathematical rather than an atomic route, um, but they seem amenable to PK. Um, and so, for example, I went, one time I went to the dice table, one of the first times I was out there alone, I had a target of six. And I rolled uh, very high percentages of sixes for two hours. The next thing I did is just sit down at a slot machine to relax. What do you think my first hand was? Four sixes. <laughs> okay, and then I thought, gee, I'm a great king of light. My next hand was four kings. And then kings and sixes for a half hour. So your thoughts... Um, uh, do translate to the do the slots, and it's real interesting. We often, seven is not a good number in dice the way we play it, so we'll send the seven on a tour of the outer planets or to the slot machines. Uh, one side at a time, I sent it home, and my first call when I got home to return was seven seven zero seven 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 zero seven. But when sending them to the slots, when people sit down after the dice uh, session, they may hit four sevens with greater f frequency than expected. So we have a lot of fun. Wow. Um, I also wanted to ask, because you mentioned a little bit earlier about how some people can use, you know, anger to break things or maybe yeah. not using it in a positive light. So yeah. how, how does that work if people learn to study this and are using it more for, I don't think evil is the right word, but more towards a negative approach in life to hurt people, to it, get back at people. I think it's uh, possible, but a, a sure, it sure is rare. Um, most people um, are 
good folks and good-minded and would rather be positive than negative. If most people have some negativity, it's more around fear, Jesus won't work, or I really need the money, and, you know, that type of thing. But somebody who's saying, you know, I want to use it to um, kill something like uh, weeds in my yard or something like that, let's pick on that, uh, I think they would find it not work very well not be as consistent and pretty soon they would not feel very good inside. We find that in other psychic tasks where they have remote viewers, for example, um, looking for information, but if they move into a place of trying to do negative influence on other countries or leaders or things like that, the reports tend to be, um, we don't want to do that. It doesn't feel good. And um, so I, I have not come across uh, maybe the exception of one or two people in 40 years who are any good at all at projecting it negatively uh, on purpose. I have sure come across people who are Eeyore kind of folks who can bum out a party, bring everybody's energy down because their energy is so negative, um, and they're, but they're usually not aware of doing it. Um, and if they get into PK tasks, I've not seen somebody say Ben metal from that energy. All right. Well, we are running out of time, so I'd like to just wrap up with you. Would you like to let our listeners know where they can find some of your information, some of these great books and your workshops that you're doing? Sure. Well, we've mentioned Monroe Institute quite a bit for MC Square. Their website is monroeinstitute.org, O-R-G instead of .com. Um, my website, easiest one to get to would be... Uh, Sync, S-Y-N-C, like in the word synchronize, and then the word creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N.com, syncreation.com. But if you Google Liquid Luck or Inner Vegas uh, book, uh, my name will come up and the website will come up. So um, my books are on Amazon. The CDs are uh, available only for Liquid Luck. I have one called Abundance Waterfall. Two new ones coming out in about two weeks called Radiant Heart and Healing Heart. All of that is available on my website. InnerVegasBook.com will take you there as well. So several options, but if you Google any of that, I'll come up. Great. Thank you so much. This was such a fun interview. and I enjoyed just, it. I appreciate yeah. you having me on, April and Michael. Great. Thanks so much, Joe. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guymtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at thepastseries. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.